is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode number 518, recorded Thursday, March 11th, 2021. It sure is March 11th, 2021. The the month is just screaming by. It feels like it was the first, just a couple of days ago. A couple of 10 days ago. Yeah, or so. Uh, Although it really started to feel like spring today. I don't know if you noticed that or went outside. It was like 15, 16 degrees out there or something like that. Yeah, and very windy. It was a garbage tornado in in my land over here. <laughs> I, every time we talk on Thursdays, I mention that it's garbage day in my neighborhood. Uh, but as I was going to get coffee this afternoon, there was a big gust of wind and there was bins and trash and recycling all over the neighborhood. It was just blowing around. It was a, it was a garbage apocalypse. It was, it was pretty nasty. Oh, that's, People that's, running after their garbage. It was awful. I mean, as hilarious as that sounds, it's also kind of crappy that the garbage blows around. But I mean, you can't control the wind. So no. it was very, very windy here too. I was, uh, uh, I, I thought a storm was blowing in, but so far, so far nothing. Luckily, my garbage was all picked up early and uh, I didn't have to chase my garbage around the neighborhood. Well, it was nice. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. But if you do, make sure you take your shirt off when you do it, because like shirtless guy chasing his garbage down the road is good comedy. <sighs> yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> well, no, except me. No, and... <laughs> not even you, probably. <laughs> not even me. Not in reality. No, no, just in my mind. Yeah. Well, you can, you can fantasize about me all you want. All right. But it's not going to happen. I will and I do. Yeah. Here we are, everyone. It is Thursday night. We are here to do our feedback for the latest episode of The Walking Dead, which was episode 18 called Find Me. 18? Yeah, 18. And um, before we start the feedback, I just wanted to acknowledge something that people seem to be doing a lot more than they used to all of a sudden. First of all, a couple last week when I said, you know, I wasn't sure if we were going to get as much feedback as we had been in the past. Uh, well, turns out the people came through, Jason, because the feedback mm. levels are up to at least normal levels and possibly surpassing the last little while. So that's great. Awesome. But what I wanted to acknowledge is that um, people have been starting their emails often with stories about how they came to watch The Walking Dead, how they came to find our podcast, what these shows mean to them, stuff like that. And I just wanted to thank everyone for doing that because, you know, I don't really read those out on the air. Sometimes they're personal, uh, you know, and and I, I don't want to share that kind of thing. But people have been writing in just these extremely heartwarming stories about sort of how long they've been listening or that time they went back and listened to everything or, you know, they've, they're fairly new to The Walking Dead and therefore fairly new to the podcast and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just really nice to hear. So, um, and in the, you know, these days right now, some people have even been writing little stories about, you know, how it's helped them through the pandemic and stuff because they're oh, stuck at home or, or they're, they only sort of go for walks in their neighborhood and listen to us, which is really nice. So really nice. So I just wanted to say, even though I don't really acknowledge all of those, certainly not on the air and, and I don't respond to every them, to all of them just because, you know, <laughs> it would take all the time in my day. But I just wanted yeah. to say thanks, everyone, for doing that. I, you know, got the messages. And I'm just eternally grateful to everyone that listens and delighted that our little podcast on our tiny corner of the internet, uh, you know, means so much to some people. Fantastic. That sounds wonderful. I never get to read those either. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I curate all the email for us and then send it to you. And I only send you the bits that you need, right? But yep. Sometimes everyone, if you do want to communicate directly with Jason, send it in. And like, if there's anything specifically for him, I make sure he sees it. Right. But, uh, you know, I just, I just wanted to acknowledge all those stories and things that people send in. So, and say, thank you. And thank you for listening. And it's, it's really nice. It sounds nice. It is. All right. Let's begin the feedback. First, we have a call from speaking of longtime listeners, Bianca. Hi, Chris and Jason. This is Bianca from Manila, Philippines. 
hope you guys are doing well. I just wanted to comment on the episode called Find Me, because I kind of watched it three times in one day. Uh, it really reminded me of season two episodes, and um, I really enjoyed Carol and the origin story of Daryl and Dog, and as well as, you know, the love story of Daryl and Leah. Anyway, I think the best actor in that episode was Dog. <laughs> Other than that, I hope everything is fine with you guys, and thanks for all that you do for the podcast and us. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much, Bianca. So the best actor was Dog, Jason. Oh, what yeah. do you think? He, he needs an Emmy. We need to, we need to get him nominated for a best dog actor. Best non-human actor. <laughs> best non-human actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not including zombies. Now I just, in case anyone doesn't know, dog's real name is seven. I seven. Looked it up. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, that's fantastic. Seven. So dog is not dog's real name. Uh, no, it is not. Uh, just like the human actors on the show, they're real people in real life and they're acting, but dog is acting. His real name is seven. And he's doing a great job. Is that, uh, you think that number corresponds with the number of puppies in that litter? <laughs> he's he, number seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Who knows? Could, could be. I'm not sure. I'm I remember sure. I had a dog that had, uh, used to have puppies all the time because my dog was a slut <laughs> and she would have like eight and nine puppies at a time. And it was fantastic. Hey. Loved having puppies around all the time. That's Kind of too many puppies to have around all the time, I would think. It was great. Some of my best memories of being like three years old or four years old is coming home from daycare and uh, sitting amongst the puppies in in the hallway and them being very happy to see me and just climbing all over me. What happened to all those puppies after that? Where'd they all go? Well, they were given away to homes uh, and families. They Periodically, people would come by when they were six weeks old and pick out a puppy and take it home. Oh, isn't that nice? That's nice. Yeah, yeah I assume. Or they were all ground up for meat. I have no idea. I was three years old. <laughs> but that well, was a wonderful memory. A wonderful memory. Just don't take it any farther. My kids are yeah. bugging me to get a dog again. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. I've never been, I've never owned a dog in my life. I've had cats and hamsters and fish and stuff like that, but never a dog. I don't know. I, I, I've never personally owned a dog. But I mean, that dog that had puppies all the time, that was the only dog my household ever had. Right. Uh, and my, Okay, we're getting down a rat hole here. My parents told me, uh, we moved from Sault Ste. Marie to Alberta when I was in grade three, and we had this this dog, Farrah, Farrah Fawcett Miles, uh, and after Farrah Fawcett Major. <laughs> Go <her>? figure. <laughs> Go figure. And uh, when we moved to Alberta, they, uh, they gave away the dog to someone with a farm so she could run around on the farm. And that sounds like bullshit. It sounds like we killed the dog so we could move, right? It's a little bit, yeah. I've confronted my mom a number of times over the decades saying, did you really give Farah away to someone with a farm and she ran around out in the fields until she eventually died? Yes, that's what happened. You didn't kill her. I've confronted her many times and she's stuck to her story all these many decades. So, and I still don't quite believe her. Well, I hope she's telling the truth. And I would imagine knowing your mom a little bit that she is. Why would she lie? Exactly. You know, I'm an adult now. You, I can take it, but she may be on her deathbed. You're, I don't know. You're still her baby. So uh, yeah. that's the way it goes. Anyway, that was the first call and we got down a very big rat hole. Thanks, Bianca. Let's see how the uh, next one goes. <laughs> next, we have a call from designer Will. Hey, Chris and Jason, designer Will with some feedback for season 10, episode 18, Find Me. I was excited to see Daryl and Carol back on screen, but not for too terribly long. While the episode was well shot, well acted, well produced, I wasn't too excited about the contents or the story. I didn't call in after last week's episode because I didn't love that episode, but I did like it a lot more than this week's. Uh, this week's episode just didn't pay off anything for me that I really cared about. It, it's nice to know what Daryl was up to and what Dog's origin was, but for me it didn't develop him as a person. It feels like this show could simply not, or this storyline could not exist or could not have happened, and it wouldn't alter him and what we see of him next. Um, anyway, I understand these episodes are largely bottle episodes produced, uh, in a pandemic, but they also feel so disconnected from the larger show and cast, it bums me out and feels 
kind of like filler content. I believe a previous caller mentioned last week that they mess, missed the whole family feeling that comes to mind when they think of past seasons and the core cast that we've grown used to. And to me, these bottle episodes only emphasize that feeling. So I realized they have to patch up Daryl and Carol's relationship before the spinoff, but this show left me confused as to there not being a payoff at the end of this episode. Uh, that said, I don't want to be too pessimistic overall, but so far I'm not really enjoying these new episodes as much as I'd hoped. Maybe they were a little too hyped up, um, and maybe I shouldn't be thinking of them as main or major episodes of our main show. Anyway, I love hearing your weekly recap and feedback as always. So thanks for the show and have a good week, guys. Great. Thank you, Designer Will. Here's the thing. Um, I think we have to look at these episodes a little bit as transition, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're unplanned in that they you know weren't part of season 10 originally. They're giving us some stories that we otherwise wouldn't have gotten in the regular run of the show, right? If the pandemic had never happened, we would have finished season 10, waited six months and started season 11. And we would have been into season 11 right now. So these are kind of transition from 10 to 11. They're filling in some gaps. And I think that's just how we have to, to look at them. So if they're not yeah. as big and flashy as some of the normal episodes and involve all the characters, we all know why that's the case. Um, and I don't want to give them a pass. Like we can't just say these episodes are crappy because of this and this and this. I don't really believe they're crappy. Uh, you know, I'll just say that, but, but they're a little bit different and that's just the way they're going to be. And what can you do? They're still new walking dead. So there's that. Yeah, it is. It is a pandemic and you know, the episodes do feel disconnected and isolated and a little bit weird. And I think we're all kind of feeling that way. Uh, so and looking to this show, we're, I think we're all kind of hoping for a little bit of normality because life is not normal right now. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, TV, TV gives us good loving on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, and we're looking for some love in here. We're looking for some normality and this is not normal. Uh, and it's, 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 it's upsetting. It, so I think you're right, uh, that we have to kind of reorient our expectations to uh to be not the real show i think they're kind of like really good webisodes and i think if we kind of look at them that way it might be better mm. uh because they're full length good quality webisodes they're essentially just asides oh and by the way this happened and normally we wouldn't be filming these moments like we can assume that these moments happen for the characters in their reality, but we don't get to see them. Now we're getting to see them. Sure. I mean, it's, it's not the big show, but I think that if we just expect lower key, more relaxed, more dialogue, less action, I think we'd be better off. Maybe two things to say to that though. Number one is I don't think these episodes are going to be entirely devoid of content that plays into the larger story. Uh, I think there certainly will be some things that do lead to other things in season 11 pay off, maybe lead to other things in other shows. You know, for example, if the, the Daryl and Carol spinoff coming next year might, um, might draw something from some of these episodes, you never know. And the other thing is it did in a way feel like there wasn't very much character payoff between the two of those in this episode. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, another one of the six in this group feature Daryl and Carol coming up. So I actually don't think this little particular mini storyline is quite finished yet. I have no idea how they're, if they're going to pick it up right where it left off and we're going to continue with the flashbacks or what it is. But I think there's going to be more with these two. So I don't think we're done with this particular story. So, you know, if, if you felt like there was... Uh, some loose ends set up this week. They might not be loose ends a few weeks from now is all I'm saying. Right. So, but, but I, but I take your point. I mean, the world is weird. The episodes are weird and, uh, we can feel it. You know, you can feel that because you're used to something else. Yeah. Yep. That's true. All right. Uh, thank you designer Will for that. Next up is a call from Helena. 
Hi, Jason and Chris. This is Helena in Seattle. I am calling to give some feedback on Find Me, the episode Find Me. I just wanted to say that I loved seeing Dog's background story and um, seeing a love interest for Daryl. Who knew? Um, also, I wanted to say I liked the idea of um, Leah being swept up in the same helicopter as Rick, but I was also wondering if maybe she was taken um, by the Reapers or was originally associated with the Reapers, and that was the squadron she was referring to before. Um, anyway, let me know your thoughts on that, and I hope I made it in time for the feedback podcast. Uh, thanks so much. Bye. Thank you so much. What do you think about that, Jason, that maybe the Reapers that we learned about in the first episode, number 17, play into this in some way? Uh, Could be. Yeah, because that guy seemed very military and Leah was with a squad. And if it wasn't a cheerleading squad, it was probably a military squad of some kind. So I wonder, they could be tying it together and and maybe that's some of the payoff we're going to get in one of the future episodes in this group. I don't know. That would tie them together nicely. Uh, I'm not sure how true it is, but I think that it's a, it's a nice thought. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're, we're all speculating at this point, but I think it might work. I mean, she seemed to just disappear. And if she got taken away by the same helicopter people that Rick went with, that's one option. Or the Reapers have something going on here. And I almost feel like that's a little more likely at this point because it does make some sense to me that they'd want to tie these episodes together in some way or create a cohesive story within this group of six, you know, or maybe group of five, because I, I feel like the one at the end involving Negan's backstory might be the one that's really completely separate from all of these. But again, we'll have to wait and find out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she was a walk-in and she just went home. I don't know if that, that's the Stephen King reference where people, uh, thin spots in realities, people just kind of transition from one to the other and uh, they're called walk-ins. So okay. Maybe she was a walk-in uh, and, you know, hung around for a while and then uh, left. And then walked out. Back to her, walked, walked out back to her own reality. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. <laughs> All right, next we have an email from Dre. Yes, like Dr. Dre, except I'm not quite that cool. Uh, Dre's from the internet. Well, Dre, don't sell yourself short. I'm pretty sure you're very cool. I'm not entirely sure how cool Dr. Dre is. Oh, well then, then if Dr. Dre's not that cool, I bet Dre, who wrote to us, is way cooler. Well, well, also Dre wrote us an email that yeah. makes him like way cooler in my book. Absolutely. So yeah, I agree with Chris, Dre, uh, don't sell yourself short here. <laughs> Uh, Dre writes, uh, I'm a lucky AMC plus subscriber. So I watch the new episodes on Thursdays for the most recent episode. I wonder if anyone else questioned the episode beginning monologue by Daryl. I thought, well, this is unbelievable. I've never heard Daryl talk this much. Anyone else? So Jason, I don't yes. know if you, uh, know, noticed this, but when I watched the episode, there was no monologue by Daryl. I thought maybe I had jumped to an alternate reality because I didn't remember one either. So you're telling me that something's going on? Something is going on. I went back and grabbed my iTunes purchased copy of this episode and played the beginning. And sure enough, it starts where we started with dog running at the camera and Daryl trying to start the motorbike and all that good stuff. I did a little investigating mm -hmm. and I discovered that the AMC plus version of the episode doesn't include anything extra like in the episode, but they do basically a, a previously on segment, at least for this episode. I don't know about the, the other ones, but it's a previously on segment where a character is kind of voiceovering a bunch of clips, reminding people what had happened. And just for fun, I went out of my way to find a copy of it. So this is what we missed from nice. not watching it on AMC+. We beat the Whispers after a long fight and too many losses. We got Maggie back. Things were looking up, but it didn't last. We were attacked in the woods, hunted. All that damage from one guy. Took some effort, but we brought him down. 
He ain't the last. There's more. And Maggie's got history with him. Does this mean you're coming home? She's scared, but she won't say why. When we finally got home, it was trashed. Whispers. Walls were damaged. Food destroyed. We've got work to do. They've got work to do. And that's, uh, that's of course, Norman Reedus giver, delivering that monologue. And uh, as Dre says, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> more than we've heard him talk for entire seasons at, at sometimes. But um, we don't get that when you watch it uh, from iTunes. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure, to be honest, about when it airs sort of on AMC on Sunday nights. But that's what you get on AMC Plus on Thursday nights. So there you go. I'm sort of glad that Dre pointed that out to me. Yeah, no kidding. And boy, did I ever hate that. Did oh, you really? Hate that? Yeah, I hated that. I don't, I don't want that. Who wants that? I mean, I do feel like it's unnecessary, but then again, if you're more of a casual viewer, is, is that going to help you remember what was happening last season and things like that? Well, it, I, I didn't like it, but I think it's okay because, because I don't consider it part of the episode. Right. It's part of the recap, right? It, that plays just before the episode proper. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't subjected to that right okay. away. Well, I'm, yeah, I think it's a little unnecessary. The other thing that AMC plus does is at the end of the episode, there's like a three or four minute sort of inside the episode segment where Angela Kang sits there and talks about it a little bit, shows some clips and, you know, gets into the making of a little bit. So that's also not available on the iTunes version. I'm a little bit more interested in that. I don't know if that's your kind of cup of tea because it takes you out of it a little bit, but I sort of appreciate sitting there watching her talk about the episode and how they made it and so on. Um, but also we no, don't I, get to see I, that if you buy it on iTunes. Yeah, I would nope right out of that. I would just like, I would stop and and just, I'd be done. Like, I don't like those things. I right. don't watch, I don't like... Uh, I'm not a big fan of bloopers. I'm I not a big fan of uh, extras. Some some extras I'm I'm a big fan of, uh, depending on the movie and or context. Um, Quest for Fire. I don't know if you ever remember that movie from the uh, early '80s. I want to say. Yeah, I, I'm aware anyway, of it. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of extras about that, and uh, some of them are fascinating, like the lengths that they went to to develop the uh, the Neanderthal type language that they used in, uh, in the movie. Cause there was not a single spoken word of any known language. Uh, but there was lots of grunts and gestures and there was a whole, uh, a whole extra on the DVD about how that was developed for the movie. Well, that's kind of that cool. Movie. That's, that's kind of yeah. fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the walking dead goes, uh, we're missing out if you're into that sort of thing. But since you're not, you're not really missing out on anything. No. And that's good. Cause yeah, that I would probably cut that out before, right. uh, before I got too far into it. All right. Well, thank you, Dre, for pointing that out. Next up is Laura in Charlotte, North Carol, North Carolina and Charlotte, and <laughs> Laura in Charlotte, North Carolina. Laura says this episode was one of my favorites in recent memory. It was the dog backstory we never knew we needed. We saw Daryl actually have a love interest, only to have it taken away and shown the cracks happening in Daryl and Carol's relationship, which I've been waiting for. You don't do what Carol did to Daryl and just neatly move on. I'm glad they are taking the time to show the real impact of Carol not really being sorry for her actions. I feel like the emotions were very well depicted in this episode without being too obvious, and it shows how tormented Daryl really is, even turning away from love to stay committed to finding Rick. Yes. That's the kind of guy Daryl is. It is the kind of guy Daryl is, and it's the kind of guy that I am too. I, I'm not a big fan of ultimatums, uh, and uh, I had a rule when I, when I used to live by rules. Uh, my rule was anybody who gives me an ultimatum, I will choose the option that does not include that person. Ah. Uh, and so if she, if she had given me the ultimatum, you have to decide between me and going, I'd be like, see ya. Hmm. I would, but that's when I was young and lived by hard and fast rules. Now, you know, life is not so neat. Uh, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I experimented with a rule at home once too, where if one of the kids went to my wife 
and asked her a question and she said, go ask your father. For a while there, I decided that my answer was always going to be yes. I probably don't. Teach your wife a lesson? I, I, you know, it was a poor call on my part. Uh, I, so, and, and I probably don't have to explain to you how, how that may have backfired. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it didn't work out, but to your point, um, yeah, rules are great and all, but there needs to be a little bit of uh, flexibility. Uh, yeah. So for me, my, my rule is when I say no, uh, what's well, not my rule. It's just, it's Jasper's rule. When I say no, he goes and asks uh, his mom, and uh, usually she'll just make her up her own mind. Uh-huh. Uh, and sometimes it's different than what I say. Well, um, that's the way I it goes. I get overruled. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Next, we have an email from Jennifer in Minneapolis. Listen, you idiots. The conversation Carol had with Daryl about their luck running out is a metaphor for their relationship. She's wondering if they can put events behind them after what happened with the Whisperers. Daryl says they can rebuild. He definitely knows she's not talking about Alexandria. Uh, he's assuring her that they will always be friends, but it's going to take a lot of work. That silly banter at the intro was Carol trying to gauge where Daryl is within their friendship. And she knew, by the way, he reacted that, she's, uh, that he's still angry, but he's trying to move on. There is a lot going on between these two, and I love it. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, maybe we were being a little too literal on that one, but uh, it's sort of Carol assessing their friendship, and that's good. I mean, that's a deep friendship thing to do. They've known each other for a long time, so... Uh, they have. You know? And then that listen, you idiots, that's a callback from a long time ago. Jennifer, I, I'm wondering if you just uh, are calling us idiots or whether you're referencing that callback. You remember that? I do, I do. Um, you start, what is it? You, you start st an email with listen, yeah. you end it with you idiots. Right. That's the best way to get someone to take you seriously or something like that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, she put it up all up at the beginning there, but yeah, that's, uh, that's one of those old callbacks from <laughs> back in the day. We haven't mentioned that in a long time. So uh, Jennifer, you must be a longtime listener. Oh, she is. She is indeed. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for that. Next is Leisha on the internet. And Leisha writes, I have waited years for Daryl to have some sort of love interest. I wanted to see it blossom and grow. We got hints with Beth and Connie and even Carol. All I've wanted to see was Daryl have some sort of G-rated intimacy with a woman. There's been so much damage in his past. And even Norman Reedus says he thinks Daryl was a, a virgin in a way, possibly sexually abused, and that is the only physical intimacy he's known. It's why he is so hesitant around women. I've waited so long to see this, and all I get is a close-up of a smiling woman holding her hand out. I don't want to see anything raunchy, far from it. I never want to see anything raunchy, but I wanted to see Daryl be loved physically a teensy bit. Do you remember how Beth took his hand at one point when they were together? That the sweet surprise on his face as she, he shyly grasped it back. Oh my word, I wanted that. I wanted him to kiss Leah as they lay looking at the sun. I wanted him to take her hand or hug her. They really missed an opportunity to show something real and sweet and human. Wow. Do, do you think so? Do you think they missed an opportunity there to show us... Daryl a little bit more just close and intimate with someone or is the hand enough? Maybe nothing else happened. Maybe they just held hands. I mean, that's <laughs> aw awfully sweet. You know, you meet somebody you like, you, uh, uh, you fall in love and you spend a, a rousing evening holding hands. I mean, laying in front of the fire, you know, with dog at your yeah. side, holding hands. I mean, there is really nothing... You know, I mean, that's fine. There's nothing bad about that. And then eight months later, they wake up and they have corn on the cob and they have, uh, you know, hunks of some kind of meat. Uh, and it looks like they're, uh, they're living high on life in this, uh, in this cabin. Right. So don't. Holding don't, hands. Don't sell it short. Uh, you know, they were, they were intimate and yeah, we didn't see anything more, but what we did see was important. and. Uh, you know, I think it was definitely a special moment between the two of them. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, it was special. And I like how Lee Shaw says, I I didn't want to see anything raunchy. I never want to see anything raunchy. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. You know, that's okay. That's fair. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Next, we have an email from Jen in California. Like so many fans, I've waited 10 seasons for Daryl to find some kind of romantic connection on this show, but talk about a slow freaking burn. I thought a lot about Daryl and how he builds connections with others, and I don't really get what makes Leah, of all people, special. I just don't really buy the years and months between sometimes hostile meetings was enough to keep Daryl interested. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I always felt like you had to be persistent and work hard to get into Daryl's good graces. But once you were there, you were in for life. The fact that he referred to Rick as his brother was a good example. The time element to this episode just didn't do enough to make me believe this relationship. So is Jen saying that the fact that it sort of jumped around at, you know, months or years at a time is what sort of makes her not buy into it as much because it was spread out over so much time. Yes. Well, and that's tough. I mean, it is, it was a slow burn. It was taking years. And I, I think that the, uh, the vignettes we saw were not all of the interactions. Like he threw a fish at her door. Sure. She threw it back at him. Fine. Uh, you know, before that, you know, those, what we saw wasn't the only interactions. It was just the chosen ones that moved their relationship forward. Mm -hmm. So I expect that there was some interest there on both their sides, which is why they kept interacting with each other in the woods rather than him, him being Daryl, just buggering right off and going uh, to look for Rick. He, uh, he really wanted to scour this area because uh, he had a, a love interest. Yeah. And, and maybe that says more than we, we think, right? Like, he stayed there for an awfully long time looking in around the same area. So he, it, there was enough there for him to, uh, to want to stay. Right. Because I'm sure he knew he'd scoured the whole area and he should be moving on if he's truly looking for Rick, but he was struggling with, do I stay here and hang out with this woman I've met whom, you know, I have a strange relationship with, but seems to be working or do I continue on looking for Rick? I think, I think that was probably a difficult decision for, for Daryl. Yeah. And it may say more than we think that he actually did decide to stay there. Right. Yeah. Until he got bored with her. Well, until he, <laughs> was it boredom or did he just truly suddenly believe that he had been putting off his primary mission for too long and he needed to go and uh, continue? I don't know. Yeah, that was a crass way to put it. I think that uh, maybe he felt comfortable enough in their relationship that he could continue his search without uh, putting his relationship in jeopardy. Right. Uh, he was wrong, but you know maybe he, that's, it took eight months for him to, uh, to feel that comfortable with her. Yeah, yeah, maybe. That's right, and it didn't work out. Anyways. Or maybe he stayed because a dog had nothing to do with Leah. <laughs> because a <of> dog? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well... I mean, he seems to really have bonded with dogs, that's for sure. <laughs> Some people stay together for the kids. Other people get together and stay together for an awesome dog. For the dog. Yep. All right. Well, who knows? I I sort of look forward to seeing Leah again someday and continuing this relationship, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. I'm sure we'll see her again. Yeah. All right. Next up is Nicholas on the internet. Nicholas writes, I was confused as to why Daryl had a romantic relationship with Leah. It came off to me that their relationship started after Leah explained her story to Daryl about losing Matthew, her son. Who else lost a child that Daryl formed a bond with? Carol. She lost Sophia. Why did Daryl have a, why didn't Daryl have a romantic encounter with her? Carol definitely joked with Daryl a few times about it. Maybe I'm thinking too simplistically. It just seemed out of character for Daryl to have a romantic encounter with Leah, especially when he was busy looking for Rick. So this is sort of what we were already talking about, but um, I do, Nicholas, think that it may be... I, I don't think you can compare the fact that both of these woman, women lost a child and therefore there's any correlation to having a relationship with Daryl. It, it happened in one and not in the other, and that's just the way life goes. Yep. Right. So let's hope there's not a correlation. Yeah. Because that would be, I feel like that would be a little strange. It would be a little strange. Yeah. All right. Next we have an email from George in Rastrick. Rastrick. Yep. In West Yorkshire. 
Uh, George writes, I thought an episode focusing on Daryl was good because he's my favorite character. And I appreciated the way it reminded me of the episode in season two when he goes to find Sophia, right down to his explosion at Carol at the end. I didn't really like the romantic relationship with Leah unless it sets up a relationship with Connie. That's the only Daryl relationship I want. Yeah. A lot of people really were digging the vibe they had going, Daryl and Connie, you know? Nothing ever happened. There, The show was never really straight up saying these two are into each other, but you could just tell. You could see it when they interacted on screen, and I think that almost says more. Um, so I'm a little bit with George. Like, I feel like Daryl and Connie are a good fit. Uh and again, we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, yep. Right? Along those lines, the next email comes from Bev in beautiful Brixham, UK. I think this episode would have been better if they were out looking for Connie when they found the cabin. This would have justified Daryl's anger towards Carol at the end of the episode. He would have given up his past love to be with his family, and then his closest family member became responsible for the loss of his new love. So just to clarify what Bev is saying, Daryl falls in love with Leah. He sort of loses her, gives her up, comes back to the group, you know, finds Connie, and then Carol is responsible for Connie disappearing, basically, and Daryl losing his new love. So I'll be honest with you, Bev, that does sound like a decent storyline setup that they didn't go for. Um, That's a better episode. I, I think right it, there. I think, it, I think Bev fixed the episode. <laughs> I think it might be actually in a way, um, you know, but there must be a reason that they, they didn't go for that. Maybe Connie's going to factor in in some way in the future anyways. Maybe, you know, yeah, maybe we're, uh, uh, we're going to get a better story in the long run, but as far as a single episode goes, I think that, uh, Bev, I agree with you that, that that would have made a lot, well, not a lot more sense, but would have been more, um, dramatic. Maybe it just, it ties into the show a little bit better, which, you know, off the top of this episode, uh, what was it? Designer Will saying that these episodes don't seem to really tie in that well. And again, we haven't seen them all yet, so we don't know, but that does feel like a way to connect it all together, right? Leah back home to Connie, Carol's involved. It, it feels like it works. Who knows? I think Bev, maybe you have a future of TV writing in your, in ahead of you. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had listeners fix things in the past, uh, and we should start a podcast or at least a blog. They still have blogs. They don't have, there's no blogs anymore. No, there? everybody has a podcast now. Yeah. Everybody has a podcast now, uh, on, uh, how to fix stuff. I've, I've, I've fixed this movie is what we should call it. And, uh, we watch movies and then, uh, have listeners call in or write in and tell us how the movie or TV show would be better. You know, actually there is a podcast called fix that for you or something like that. I don't know if it's specifically about TV and movies. But I yeah. think maybe someone's already had that idea. Okay. Well, there it is. Doesn't mean we can't so, do it, but you know. No, but to, I, I might look that up and listen to it. Well, there you go. Watch it depending on what kind of podcast it is. Yeah. I mean, the secret with podcasting is you have to be, what do they say? Like the first or the best or the only or something <laughs> like that. Right. So if you're going to yeah. do that idea, you just have to be the best because you're not the only and you're not the first. So just yeah. keep that Or already be famous. <laughs> fine right? if or, you're already famous and you start a podcast then that's okay too so it's it's first best or famous okay that makes sense yeah if you're already a public figure and famous you're probably going to be successful yeah we we were first indeed we were first that's uh, that's how we got here i mean we're also, not the best are, are you <laughs> we're sure not famous well i don't know about the best i don't listen to other podcasts uh, about the walking dead uh so we're my favorite i can tell you that there you go so but. we're definitely, we're not famous. We were first. I don't know for the best. We're pretty good, I suppose, but. Sure. Chris, you're the best. Oh, thanks, I, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put me in that category. Well, we'll just, you'll just have to try harder. Okay. I will try harder. I'm going to try <laughs> harder on this next email from Jordan in Japan. You guys talked about how it's unlike Daryl to speak so directly when he tells Carol that losing Connie was her fault. That scene calls back to something that happened earlier in the series. 
Immediately after Carol set off the explosion in the cave and Connie was lost, she said something like, say it, you cared about her, you cared about her and we lost her and it's my fault. Just say it. But Daryl doesn't say it. In this new episode, Daryl finally says it after restraining for so long. Perhaps Carol has been waiting for this to all be put on the table so they can address it rather than keeping it stewing below the surface. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that is exactly what's going on. She, I think before, you know, she was probably looking for Daryl to call her out, maybe even give her an excuse to just leave the whole situation behind. You know, if, if Carol's thinking that Daryl just needs to say, this is your fault, you don't belong with us anymore. Maybe that was her looking for an excuse to leave. He wouldn't do that, but now he has. And there will be some fallout from it, I'm sure. And if these two do feature in another episode in the near future, I feel like they have to address it. And if I know anything about TV by the end of that episode, everything will be back to normal and hunky-dory again. And uh, that's the way TV goes sometimes. However, this is The Walking Dead. This is a dramatic zombie show, so they could do something totally different. Yeah, uh, if Gilligan's Island has taught me anything, is that uh, the status quo will be maintained. <laughs> well, certainly on Gilligan's Island, yeah. <laughs> All right, next up is Bernard in Toronto, who writes, I'm disappointed. I had to stop washing the dishes to message you. Eugene <laughs> watching Rosita and Abraham. Who could forget the oh, super creep? right. <laughs> so... A couple nights ago, okay. we were talking about sex scenes, and the only one off the top of my head I could think of was when Carol, I mean, not Carol, Maggie and Glenn got it on in that drugstore way back in season whatever. Uh, but there are others, like Eugene in the closet watching Rosita and Abraham. Right. Well, uh, Bernard or Bernard, uh, I'm glad you stopped washing the dishes for that. Dry your hands off, write an email. Let us know. That's good. I 100% agree, but I also hope he continued washing the dishes after he finished. Do not stop forever. If you stop forever, then you're probably going to run into trouble in a couple of days. Yeah, you probably will. Yeah. You you need to clean your dishes, but thank you, Bernard, for sending that in. Yes. Uh, Next, we have Austin on the internet. On this week's podcast, you guys were discussing Daryl and his newfound love interest and their not-so-sexy sex scene. So you guys were discussing the other sexy time moments on the show, and one stuck out to me. I believe it's episode two of season one where Lori and Shane are getting it on on the ground in the woods. And I think Rick and Lori have a moment as well later on in maybe uh, episode three, right next to Carl while he's sleeping. Okay, so I have a vague memory. This is another long callback on the show. Didn't you have a term for Shane and Lori? Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't was it? It wasn't Lori. It was Shane and uh, Andrea. Okay, uh, he would, Shane was teaching Andrea how to shoot, and I suggested that she take the advanced class. <laughs> right, the advanced right. class. I don't know if they showed the sexy time though. I think they were just kind of. I'm not, I, I can't remember, uh, man, I thought that, okay, this is going to be a quick aside. I thought that never going back and rewatching previous seasons, uh, would be an asset, uh, in this podcast, mm-hmm. but after 10 fucking years, I'm having a hard time remembering season two and season three. I remember the Hyundai, the green Hyundai, which was featured in this same, very same episode where Shane taught Andrea the advanced class. And I remember that they took the advanced class and had sex. I don't, I, I think they maybe just showed kissing. Uh, I don't think we got really intimate, sexy time depicted on screen, but I'm not sure anymore. That's the problem, right? Like I remember the, the, the big moments, the, the big brush strokes of those early seasons, but some of the little details like this are hard to recall at, at this point, even though I've watched every episode episode at least twice and I've sat here in this chair talking about it with you uh, yep. twice a week for decades, <laughs> you know, years <laughs> Decade. at yeah. least. Um, I do recall, you know, now that Austin brings it up, the scene with Lori and Shane uh, I actually don't remember the Andrea 
and Shane bit, but I just, the, the advanced class came back to me because I feel like that was a joke we rode for a while about it Shane was. giving people the advanced class. <laughs> yeah. You know? So there's definitely been some more sexy time on this show than came to mind the other night. Uh, but the show has never really gone full on with it. It's always been pretty tame in terms of what they've depicted on screen. It has. It has. And it, it's made me, not it's, but I've been thinking lately about um, stunt coordinators and uh, the fact that uh, intimacy coordinators, I think, are becoming a thing. Or are a thing, and I'm not sure if they are. Like, they have somebody who's in charge of making sure everybody's safe and comfortable when they're doing stunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, do, and do they have somebody who makes sure that the actors are safe and comfortable during sex scenes? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Yeah, I've heard the term intimacy consultant before or something like that. So I'm pretty sure it's a thing. And Okay, good. Yeah. Because that seems like a, 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 it would be bad if everybody just kind of, Wung it? Wang it? <laughs> Winged it? Winged it? Wanged it, yeah. <laughs> wang it? <laughs> if you just kind of wing it on the day, right? You get there and it's like, okay, we're going to do a sex scene. Everybody take off your clothes. You know, I've, you know, I've walked into a room and said that and it didn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, sex scene. Everybody take off your clothes. Yeah. And sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. You got to take your chances. I mean, it's, it reminds me of on How I Met Your Mother, that sitcom where every once in a while they would attempt the naked man, which I think is a, a horrible thing to do in yeah. real life. But it oh, was. Oh, yeah. No, that's, 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 that's unfortunate. It's, yeah, that, it's, that's, that's, a, that's a sex crime. It's a sex crime in real life. But on a sitcom, it was a little bit funny. I mean, I've done that. I'm not that, that I was called the naked man for a while because in high school I got super drunk and I was at a party and decided to run around the neighborhood without any clothes on. And they had to chase me down and lock me into the sauna. (laughs) Jason's winging it again or wanging it again. (laughs) I have no memory of this, by the way. Great. Like I blacked out. That was a, okay, here's a weird part. That was August 25th, 1989. I mean, Uh, you remember the exact date, but not that your wiener was out. No, I, well, I blacked out. I was like super drunk. The last thing I remember is being in the basement of this party and picking up a uh, 26er of peach schnapps, unscrewing it oh. and starting to just down it. And then uh, that was the next, the next memory I have is waking up the next morning in the sauna. Uh, you know, I was wearing underwear, oddly enough. I'm, someone put it back on. I am not <laughs> sure if the fact that it's peach schnapps makes the story better or worse. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. It was the day I met Mike Robillard. Remember him? I do. Good old Mike. Good old Mike. Hi, anyway, Mike. Anyway, <laughs> for some weird reason, I remember the exact date. Yeah, that is strange. Well, can we move on? Oh, please. Please, please. It's me. This is Jennifer in Glasgow, and she's kind of got two points here. The first one is, when you were talking about The Walking Dead few and far between sex scenes, you forgot about Rick and Michonne in the van in the same episode as the worst CGI deer ever. And when Jesus walked in on them the morning after their first kiss. So there you go. There's even more sexy time that we're forgetting about. Clearly, I block it out for some reason. I don't know why. I'm, I'm starting a list. I'm going to start <laughs> making a list. I got to, you know, obviously we're not remembering uh, uh, a big portion of this show. If there's so many instances of sexy time on this show that we've obviously forgotten, well, uh, Jason, I'm going to have to make a, make a list. Start a blog, start the walking dead, sexy com, and you can uh, keep a list going and comment on the sex scenes that we do get. That sounds like a lot of work. Or, sorry, not a lot of work, but it sounds like there would be effort involved. Right. Therefore, It's not going to happen. I'm not doing it. Right. (laughs) Anyways, Jennifer goes on. She says, I liked this episode. I'm sure lots of viewers will say it is boring and it was slower paced than most episodes, but I find Norman Rita so watchable. I feel they can pull it off. Although it had been mentioned before that Daryl spent time away during the time jump. I was surprised just how long he spent looking for Rick. 
I wondered if this was fueled by guilt due to Daryl's role in them getting uh, stuck down the hole in Rick's last episode. Incidentally, I did on occasion wonder if Daryl had more than platonic feelings towards Rick, although his obvious closeness to Connie and interaction with Leah would possibly contradict this. Possibly, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. And that's the point I wanted to make. Maybe Daryl is one of those people who just loves everybody. And yeah. you never know. We don't know much about his private, personal personality. And uh, a lot of people speculated. There was a lot of speculation that he had feelings all over the place. And that's fine. But uh, it seems like what we've gotten on the show now is you know mostly one way but who knows where it could go uh yeah what well, you know it's a love is a spectrum so absolutely fine whatever whatever daryl wants daryl should have and i wish him happiness in this world whatever floats his boat right that's right yeah and usually water because we saw a boat uh, <laughs> usually tipped it over and it was floating exactly <laughs> yeah so that's good all right, next we have an email from uh, Damon in Houston, Texas. You both were talking a bit about how the lack of sex in the sex scene between Daryl and Leah. My thought is COVID could have played a part in them not going any further than holding hands. So listen, that's a pretty practical explanation for it. Yep. No kissing, don't get too close. Uh, obviously, they're acting together so they're in the same room, but... If they have to cut out any of the actual physical contact, then so be it. Yeah. And I know that, uh, you know, when they're on set, you know, it's, it's daily COVID testing, but since, uh, you know, COVID symptoms don't show up for such a long time, uh, you know, you still have to be careful. It's of not course. Like you're going to get, I got tested yesterday, therefore I'm going to start making out with you. Uh, you know, there's... So you still have to be cautious. So yeah, this absolutely might have played a significant part in how they depicted this on screen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the actors go home at night or go back to their hotel rooms or whatever, you know, potentially encounter other folks. Some have to go and, you know, buy something in a store or whatever. Like it, you can't absolutely 100% protect yourself. So you do have to be careful. And I think that's, you know, likely one of the considerations at least when they were filming this. Or, uh, maybe they're just, they're holding back, you know, because of COVID they're holding back on this one. It's like, we well, can hold back on this one because later on we're going to have uh, Negan and Jeffrey Dean Morgan's real life wife in that uh, same episode playing his wife, playing Negan's wife. And we could get all kinds of sexy time in, in that scene. Right. Because these two people have been living together for a year and there's nothing stopping them from, uh, you know, from having close intimate contact during filming mm -hmm. uh, and uh, having a married couple do that uh, really opens up a different term, a different meaning of the term intimacy coordinator. It really does. It's, it's, there's, I think maybe they're saving up, they're saving up their sex scenes for that episode. They could very well be. Maybe. So maybe we're going to get some, maybe I should start a list. <laughs> yes. Maybe we'll be getting a super sexy time. Uh, depiction on screen in the next couple episodes. Sounds like maybe it's the perfect time to start that site. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll just keep that in general. Might not limit it to The Walking Dead. Maybe I should just start. There's sites out there that list all the sex scenes and oh, the movies and stuff. Be. And you can get to videos and stuff of, you know, anyway, there's probably lots of those out there. <laughs> Damn it. It's not a new idea at all. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Well, you can go searching for them and, and report back if you like. On my own time, yeah. Yeah. All right, am I next? Who's next? I don't know. Uh, yes, you're next, Wes. Okay, Wes in Midlands, UK. Just wanted to say I enjoyed this episode a lot more than last week's. I liked the way the story was told, and I thought Lynn Collins did a fine job portraying Leah. I don't know why people don't like Daryl finally finding somebody. The guy hasn't had any action for a long, long time. I'm sure we'll see Leah again, and then Daryl will find himself in a love triangle. That's assuming Virgil doesn't have Connie locked away somewhere tripping out on mind-bending tea. Just to clear up what happened to Leah at the end, I think it's pretty obvious evil Maggie heard about her and got the Reapers to kidnap her and 
kidnap her to use in season 11 as insurance should Daryl find out what evil Maggie's been up to. That makes sense. Of course. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> if Maggie's evil, I mean, she's got to do evil stuff, right? Well, yeah. So if it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely the Reapers and it's definitely Ma- Maggie in charge of the Reapers. There you go. We've figured it all out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next we have an email from Derek on the internet. As I was listening to your podcast talking about Leah leaving dog behind being strange, is it possible that she died and dog ate her? Oh no. That would explain her disappearance and we would have to question dog's motivations in the future. I really would question dog's motivations then. Although, isn't it a thing that if the owner dies and the dog has no one around and is starving, will eat the owner? Uh, well, I know it's true for cats because cats do not give a shit about you. Nope. Like you could have a cat for years and they could be all loving and affectionate. Uh, if you die, they're going to eat your eyes. <laughs> that is just <laughs> gross, but I, I'm pretty sure it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cats do not care about you. They are looking for warmth. They are looking for, uh, affection, mm-hmm. but, uh, they do not love you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yep. Just I don't know about dogs though. I mean dogs might, but I mean they gotta survive, right? If there's nothing else to eat, they might eat you. Ooh, I don't know. Anyways, I hope dog didn't eat Leah. That would be bad. <laughs> and even if dog did eat her, you'd think there'd be something left. I don't know. Dogs aren't as uh are can dogs eat an entire human like a zombie can, apparently? Well, I mean yeah, eventually. I mean, dogs right? aren't pigs. Pigs eat every little last bit, right? But I don't know. They gnaw on bones. Yeah. I wouldn't, if a zombie can eat all of Lori, then I bet you a dog could eventually eat all of Leah. Oh, okay. Well, I find that terribly depressing for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Anyways, I would question dog's motivations. Well, yeah, he'd, uh, you know, if he's got a taste for, uh, human meat, then, uh, maybe he's the evil one in this series of episodes. Maybe we're getting his backstory thinking he's all lovey-dovey, awesome dog, when in fact he's, uh, maybe he's in charge of, uh, the, the Reapers. Yeah. And he's, a. I was going to say cannibal, but he's not because he's eating humans. He's not eating, he's eating humans. Dogs. That's fine. That's totally Nothing fine. wrong with that. <laughs> the dog eating a human. That's all. Sure. All right. Well, thank you, Derek, for that one. Uh, Matt in Lindenwald, New Jersey, wrote a relatively long email, but uh, I wanted to include it anyways. Matt writes, The drama of whether Daryl and Carol's friendship is in danger was tempered by the fact that they are going to have a spinoff show together. The Walking Dead has a tendency to ruin potential storylines by announcing them early. For example, Rick has six episodes left in order to try to drum up ratings. I don't think this happened until after the show started becoming less popular, which makes sense in a way, but is disappointing ultimately. My second little complaint, which is something else I think The Walking Dead has done more of as time has gone on, early on, Carol and Daryl had an exchange that went roughly like, Carol, I guess death will come for us all. Daryl, only if we let it. Later on, it was revealed he had a similar exchange with Leah, This is anecdotal, so I could be wrong, but I feel like in the earlier days of the show, these two conversations would have been shown many episodes apart. That way, the connection would be made by the more astute viewers and add a little something to their experience while not taking away from anyone else's. This episode likely wasn't planned before the pandemic hit, so I understand why it happened like this, but I still don't love it. On the positive side, I really enjoyed this episode, and the first one. Uh, Many of my favorite episodes of The Walking Dead have been smaller bottle episodes. The scaled down cast means you have more time to connect with the characters and have the characters connect with each other. The Daryl and Carol, Daryl and Leah, and Daryl and Dog combinations all worked for me. We got to see a little present day tension and past day understanding from the first combination. Some early mistrust, then a showing of vulnerability that led to a friendship slash relationship in the second. Finally, of course, an adorable puppy who instinctively trusts Daryl and Daryl immediately giving the love back in the last pairing. I enjoyed every one of those storylines and don't mind the forced scaling back of the stories. Now give Aaron, who I expect to see in the Maggie episode, a good storyline, sorry, 
Aaron, who I expected to see in the Maggie episode, a good storyline, and season 10.5 will be a success in my mind. Thank you, Matt, for that. I think it sums it up nicely, and we're going to see Aaron soon in one of these episodes. So he's, he's coming soon, yeah. Um, but, you know, going back to Matt's first point there that, you know, The Walking Dead kind of has a bit of a track record of announcing things that I feel like would be better unannounced. I agree with that. I think it started happening once the viewers started declining. And clearly it's a way of, you know, trying to drum up interest and ratings and keep the keep the excitement level there. But for those of us who are already excited and watching it anyways, I do kind of feel like it takes something away, you know? Yeah, and that's why I don't pay attention to anything other than the actual episode proper and this podcast. Right, and probably this podcast does something to, I mean, it informs you of all these things for the most part, but... Yes. Yeah, I, I hear you. It, it would be great if I could just tune all that out. Unfortunately, it's impossible for me. Yeah, that's why you're the best, and I'm not. Because <laughs> you have to take the heat, and you take the hit for all of this stuff. Yeah, well, there you go. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> I appreciate you, Chris. Aw, thanks. <laughs> no problem. Uh, uh, all right. Lastly, we have an email from Darren in Thornaby. Good evening, you magnificent bastards. You cracked it. Maggie and Negan get together after the brain transplant. Then, after the apocalypse ends, they change their names, move to Gotham, and have a son called Bruce, who will grow up to be Batfleck after they get gunned down. It all makes sense. Clearly, that's what's going to happen. I mean, that little bit we saw at the beginning of that movie that had Batman and had uh, JDM and Lauren Cohan as his parents, uh, that was just a, that was a, <laughs> uh, that was happening after the apocalypse. And uh, yep. we just didn't know about the brain transplant part. Yeah. Okay. That makes perfect sense to me. All right. So are you excited for the new Batman movie? You mean for the Snyder Cut coming out on HBO? No, the new Batman movie with the new with the guy from Twilight. Oh yeah, I've seen the trailer. I don't know. I mean, I I I have I do get excited for Batman. Period. I mean, I think Batman's pretty good, but I they have to re envision Batman. I'm hoping that the one thing I have hopes for, and what I would like to see in this new Batman movie, is I would like to see Batman colon the world's greatest detective. Uh-huh. He's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. And we haven't seen that in any movies except for one where uh, Batman reconstructs a shattered bullet where he's uh, right. re, you know, trying to get a finger and he gets a fingerprint off it. It was actually ridiculous. Sorry, did I maybe spoil one of the Batman movies? Anyway, uh, I want to see a gritty Batman being a detective and not being a guy that beats up bad guys and then more bad guys come and he has to beat them up and then he has to beat up the, uh, the boss bad guy and then the movie's <laughs> over. Yeah. I mean, there have been good and Batman, good and bad Batman movies. Uh, I don't know if I'm excited for this one or not. I just, I think it looks weird. You, you know, get the bad burnout. Um, Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I am excited for the Snyder Cut of Justice League coming up. I, I, I'm hoping that's going to be really good. My expectations are pretty low with DC films in general. Uh, but, I'm, so, but I'm looking forward to that. But you're right. I don't know. I don't know if, if this new Batman movie with the Twilight guy is going to be any good. I'm not sure. I don't think it even has a release date yet, though, due to the world. So we still yeah. might have a ways to wait. And yeah. maybe I can garner up some excitement for it in the time frame. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, yeah, and living in this world that we live in right now, trying to drum up excitement for uh, movies, especially a Batman movie, is hard. It's very hard. It, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I don't want to go too far down this road, but I am, like, I, I really enjoyed watching WandaVision. I'm looking forward to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which starts a week from tomorrow, I think. I'm 
looking forward to the Black Widow movie. I'm looking forward to all, frankly, all the Marvel movies and shows coming this year. The Loki show. Friggin' the next Spider-Man comes out at Christmas. I know that's a ways away, but it's still this year. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited about all that stuff, even though I'm going to watch probably almost all of it at home. Uh, but, but I just can't say the same about the Batman for some reason. And that may be because Batman films have not really delivered what I've wanted from a Batman film in, in a little while. So it's been, it's been a while, you know, it's been a while. It has. And that last Wonder Woman movie wasn't great either, even though I thought the first Wonder Woman movie was pretty great. So they're, they're not, DC is not doing it for me. Yeah. Wonder Woman was a disappointment. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, were you going to say something else or can we wrap it up here? (laughs) I don't even know anymore. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks Darren. In that case. Yes. Thank you, Darren. And thank you everyone who wrote in, um, we will be back of course next week when we recap the next episode of the walking dead, it's episode 19. It is called one more. So if you want to do a title read for that, by all means, record yourself speaking the words one more in your unique fashion and send it in to us. How can you send it in? You may ask, well, the best way to do that is send it by email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us any other way, visit the website, click on send voicemail at the top. You can record a message there or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. All right. Thanks again. Once, uh, once more, thanks again, everybody. We will be back with the next episode of the walking dead next week. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.